0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Ninth State Sports Show uh, at NHHighSchoolSports.com. Uh, this is Joe Marcellino with you once again, and I am joined this week by with uh, Derryfield uh, Boys Lacrosse Head Coach Chris Hetler. We are hanging out again at uh, Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, don't forget, you can come and join us. We're here... Uh, Pretty much every Wednesday at seven o'clock. Uh, also, can send us some questions if you have any uh, before the show, uh, nhhiscollsports at gmail.com. Uh, let's get right into it. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Joe, thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I, if anyone out there listening is saying, hey, what's going on here? This guy was just, this guy was just <laughs> here, you know, a month ago. Um, I wanted to have you back on, uh, like we were talking about a, a minute ago uh, before we started. Uh, you guys have a pretty big week coming up here. A uh, couple of key games, and uh, you know I wanted to talk about those, as you know we kind of know now what the division, division two is looking like. Uh, you guys are up, up right among the top teams there, five and zero after yesterday's win or Tuesday's win against John Stark, along with. Portsmouth
1: who you guys will be playing on Saturday huge week huge week for us Uh, we finish up we got to take care of business against Keene first never easy to travel out to Keene they you know they've got a good team this year Uh, they've been playing teams really tough so we got to take care of that first Uh, if we do that it sets up a Saturday showdown with Portsmouth Um, saw Portsmouth play Hollis the other day and um, you know two very good teams that that we've got coming up so we play Portsmouth uh, on Saturday then we turn around, we get uh, Hollis on Wednesday, and then uh, our Wyndham game that we're playing for charity has been moved to the following Saturday. So we're we're going to kind of see where we are and how we stack up against uh, the Division Two's best teams come this week. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of things will shake out in the next week. You
0: mentioned that game between uh, Portsmouth and Hollis uh, this past Monday, or was it Monday or Friday? It was uh, it was, it was Monday. Sometime over yep. this in the last the last week, I know yep. that tends to blur after a while. Um, You know again one of those first games where we really kind of got to see where the what the level of competition is going to be um you know along with a couple other games over the last few days Uh, and that one was a a pretty close one that came you know came down to the wire
1: yeah it was it was a tale of sort of two halves it looked like at first that Hollis was going to pull away they jumped out to a quick uh 3-1 lead um you know things were rolling and then uh, the faceoff x kind of turned and Portsmouth was winning all the draws kind of went on a run a little bit, found some matchups they liked. Um, you know. But every time it looked like Portsmouth was going to pull away, the Hollis kids just kept fighting and fighting, and they, they to, to give them credit, I mean, they were in it right to the end, had some chances, um, two very good teams. You could tell two teams that are still, uh, they definitely have not peaked yet. They're getting better and better. I don't think either one of them would say they've been on a full field as much as they would have liked, and it kind of showed in the clearing and riding games a little bit. Um, but two very talented teams, uh, Very good offenses, and, um, you know, the defenses really showed up too. A 9-7 game, back and forth. Um, Yeah, just momentum swings were huge in that game.
0: I feel like there's been quite a few of those games in the division this year. I mean, obviously you guys have been scoring a lot of goals. Um, You know, Dover's also been right up there too Mm -hmm. in terms of scoring. Um, But, you know, you look at some of the other teams that are at the top there, like Portsmouth, I feel like a lot of their wins have been – kind of low scoring. Hollis has had some low scoring games. I know Wyndham picked up a big win over Londonderry the other day, but they scored a lot in that one. But I think aside from that, it's been kind of low scoring. You look at St. Thomas and Winnikunna played a pretty good game the other day. Another, I think it was 7-5 final for St. Thomas.
1: I think it's a combination of weather being a factor. You know, this spring has just been horrible as far as, you know, getting consistency and being able to get out to practice, field space, uh, field conditions. But then also, I mean, it's always earlier. In the, it's always easier to play good defense, right? So you can get out. You can lock down your guy, play good defense. Goalies are seeing the ball. Um, so the offenses are, are going to come along as the season goes. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that much that there's been a lot of low-scoring games to begin with because when you have limited space and it's easier to teach defense than it, than it is offense and ball movement when when you just don't have the practice time to do it. Um. Yeah, you, and you, you mentioned uh,
0: teams not getting out there and playing, I, and I'm – Maybe I'm more surprised by that, you know, uh, on Hollis's end, that they've played as well as they've had early in the season. Portsmouth, I know, has the turf field. I don't know how much they they get to practice on that or not or if they they get out there and plow it. Um, But I know Hollis, um, you know, this past week had two games postponed um here we are in week three and they've played three games I'm not
1: even sure they're allowed on their field right now I talked to coach McDonough the other day and it seemed like he said they had shut it down because they basically had a lake it was it was it, it wasn't draining well and he, he was beside himself because it's just like they don't know what you know they're gonna be back in a parking lot again you know and I think it's a credit to Hollis's work that they put in the off season, playing on Sundays and um you know that they do have the offensive skill and defensive skill that they do just because they put in the work in the offseason. And, and the teams that I think are at the top right now are a lot of those teams that were able to put in that time in the offseason. Yeah, I, you know, you think about what they have for fields over there. And, mm-hmm. and the field
0: they play on now, for anyone that hasn't been there, is kind of at the bottom of a hill. Uh, actually, two hills, because you've got the softball yep. field on one side and then another hill that they Parking had, lot yeah, sort of slips yep. that way. You know, that, in that direction. So it kind of it, – and I, and I'm,
1: I'm and it's crowned, yeah. so it's gonna oh, yeah. drain. It's gonna drain to the sides, and you're gonna yep. get like, you're gonna get puddle, You're gonna get huge puddles, puddles that yeah. build up. You know. And
0: then I remember, and, and this may have been the first time I'd ever actually covered a dairy field lacrosse game, uh, back when they used to play on the football field, which yep. not much better because that's a swamp out there. Yeah. Um, that, a swamp that they pretty much put a field in the middle of. Um, and that I don't know if I can't I can't uh say this 100 uh, percent sure that that may be it may have been the game i'm, I'm talking maybe i
1: think i think i know ago. which one you're talking i think it was 2010 i think it was back and in 2000 that may be yeah. the
0: game that kept them from playing on the football field ever again because <laughs> cause i remember looking at the field and there were just spots like at the 20 yeah. yard line on either side that were just gone like yep. there was no grass yep uh, and i i don't recall seeing a, a lacrosse game on that field since they haven't
1: played they haven't played there since yeah that was the one time we played on that well they may have played other games but that was the only time i've ever played on that field yeah, yeah. So and and it, it it's it's a tough situation to be in and of
0: course we were saying they're not the only not the only teams but you start to expect at this point that that everybody is kind of hitting their if not hitting their stride getting into it um, normally by point, now yeah. spring's
1: cooperated and we'd we'd be there at this point
0: yeah I don't think this spring is ever going to cooperate yeah. we I it, you know you keep hoping to turn the corner and, and not have these fluctuations and right rain and temperature but I don't I don't think we're ever going to get there yeah uh, you know. We're talking about, um, you know, with with your game, uh, Derryfield's games against Portsmouth and, and Hollis uh, in the next coming week. You also got Wyndham coming up after that. Um, you know, what did what did you see? Because they had a, an interesting couple of days there themselves, um, beating London Derry the week before losing to Hollis. Um, you know, how are they, they kind of – I mean, because I think they were a team sure. that we talked about at the beginning there that could kind of move into that top you know, five, six, seven teams um, are they
1: kind of at that point? From what you've seen, absolutely. I, I think at this point, you, it's hard to argue that they aren't one of the better teams in in uh, Division Two. I think, you know, Division Two, it, while it is wide open, I think Wyndham, you know, winning that game against Londonderry, um, you know, yes, they did lose to Hollis, but that's not a bad loss by any means. I mean, that's that's a top team. Um, you know, I think Jason's done a great job of, of coaching up the talent he has there. Jared Heath coming back is added to their offense. gives another gives another threat that people have to prepare for, um, you know. And they're very disciplined. They don't they don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't kill themselves. And they're very opportunistic. Uh, in the London Dairy game, you know their offensive efficiency was off the chart. You know we had talked earlier. London Dairy dominated time of possession, but it seemed like every time Wyndham got the ball, it resulted in a, a good shot and a goal in the back of the net. So. Um, That's a mark of good coaching and and execution by Wyndham. So, no, they're going to be a team to reckon with no matter uh, where where throughout the season where they are. They just got to stay healthy, and and Jason's doing a great job with them. And the other interesting thing uh, coming
0: down the road potentially is in terms of seeding is the extra points that that teams Mm -hmm. pick up for beating a team that's in a higher division. Yep. Uh, you know, you look at that, they, they pick up that win over Londonderry. They get an extra point for that. They've got Salem coming up this week. A win there would give them another extra point. So it's basically almost an extra half win or a tie. Yep. Uh, All you
1: know, the top they, teams they, in Division Two are, are realizing, I don't, I don't think any of us are doing it to pick up extra points necessarily, but we've, we've realized the value in playing up and challenging our kids. Uh, we play Concord again this year. Uh, I know Portsmouth traditionally plays London They usually have a couple. Yeah, they deal- do. They, I think that's coming yep. up uh, um,
0: either next
1: week or the week after. Yep, I know Dover added. Um, they added Salem and Nashua North. Um, I, there's a couple. Uh, Goffstown plays Exeter every year. They yep, just play. They, they, they just played. played. Um, so I mean, it's it's a very it, it's a common thing now for the for the top teams in D two to kind of see the value. In playing up and challenging your kids against uh, a more physical team or or a more skilled team in D two, I'm gonna I'm, I'm
0: trying to pull up the schedules here on the, the NHIA website, but we'll uh, we'll look at these kind of uh, and 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 take into consideration what whether they may or may not actually. But you're right, Goffstown um, had that game against Exeter, uh, and it looks like night. they were pretty competitive.
1: Yeah. I mean, 11-4, 11-4 game. You know, that means defensively they're actually, playing well. Yeah, and,
0: and and from what I read that. Um, uh, their faceoff guy Peyton Bigford actually won
1: 12 of I think it was 18 faceoffs in that game. Yeah, that um, doesn't surprise they, me at all. Peyton's very good. He he's going to college to play, and he's a, he's one of the definitely one of the top draw guys in the league right now. So that's going to keep Golfstown in a lot of games this season. And uh, maybe a, a little bit of a teaser. I'm going to
0: have a story on him coming up uh, later this week. Very Went nice. out to one of their practices uh, actually two weeks ago now to talk to him. He'll have that up on uh, on the website on Friday. Uh, hopefully be getting out to see them at some point soon, too. I know they've got a younger team that um, they're, you know Josh Lewis, their coach, had talked about. you know, Once they maybe hit the second week of May, maybe things start to come together a little right. bit. and Right, they'll be hitting their stride. Hit, yeah, hitting their stride. The younger kids will not be younger kids anymore because I believe they've only got uh, four
1: seniors, only two of which were starters. I think they graduated yeah. 13 yeah. last year. Yeah, somewhere uh, in that area, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll I'd be, I'd be interested to read that article. You have to ask him if, uh, you know, if that was self-taught or, I mean, they had Christian Marquis before that who was a tremendous right. face-off guy yep. and a great weapon for them. So they've had a succession of, of face-off guys. And sometimes that happens where you get one and then you pass down the information from player to player and it just keeps rolling in your program. Um, we've sort of had some success in that too recently. Yeah, like with
0: yesterday, uh, yesterday's game against um, John Stark, can you – we talk a little bit more about you know just getting that win. Um, it sounded like it was kind of close early on, and then you guys pulled away in the second quarter of that one.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was just a combination. You know, the weather not being good at all yesterday, slow, slowing things down, wet sticks. Um, you know, and John Stark came in and they they did what they needed to do. They were slowing it down. They were trying to slow the pace of play down. They were playing a zone defense. Um, and they played tough, and they played hard just like we knew they would. Um, they've got they've got a great coach. Howie Rover does a great job with those kids and, and gets them prepared and gets them believing that they can come in and win, and they did. They gave us uh, – for a while they gave us everything we could handle, and our guys just had to stay patient and disciplined, and, and eventually we, we broke it open. But a big key to that was the face-off circle. We just – we kept getting possession after possession, and, and it wears another team down after a while. Uh,
0: you know, we've been talking about some of the big games coming up in Division Two. Uh perhaps the biggest um, in-state game of the year every year uh, in the regular season, at least coming up on Monday with Pinkerton coming to Stelos uh, to play Bishop Girton. Um, you know, the l- I think they've met in the finals in D1 the last four years in a row. If you include semifinals, I know there was one year that Pinkerton played him in the set p- uh, lost to BG in the semifinals mixed in there. So it's, you could probably, I think it's like five of six years yeah. or six years in a row they've, they've played in the playoffs um, you know just and, and this year shaping up to be the same kind of game both undefeated at this point mm-hmm. uh, probably going to be going into that game although I know BG has south tomorrow Pinkerton plays sauhegan right uh, you know I mean it's it's probably going to be just what we've expected from them a very close game
1: that could come down to the end. I think I think there, there's a couple different storylines you want to watch in that game. Uh, well, first of all, what, what what do Coach O'Reilly and Coach Cameron want to show each other? You know, how what, what are yes, they really always, what are they yeah. really going to show yeah. each other before the end, right? So that'll be the first thing, see how, how they play it. But then two, you know, the face-off X uh, with Nathan Liberty, a very talented freshman. Um, you know, to see how BG handles that with with, uh, with, with Trehan out right now. How does how does Pinkerton you know can they take advantage of that and, and win more draws? Can BG keep it to a sixty forty? Can they can they be fifty fifty with them? You know if they can do that, BG can go fifty fifty or better with them. That's gonna give that's that's gonna swing the balance, I think, in, in BG's favor. Um, you know, and the other thing is, what does Pinkerton do with Brian Cameron? How do you choose to play him? You know, how are you gonna what what are you gonna show in the regular season? Are you gonna shut him off? Are you gonna zone him? Are you gonna try and you know what what are you gonna do? with that matchup, um, and then, you know, do you want to give that away now or do you save that for the playoffs, you know, do you play them straight up? Can so that will be interesting. Can it be kind of like a, you know, you hear it sometimes with basketball, is you, you let,
0: you know, the other team score is going to get <clears throat> his points, you worry about everybody else, you know. Basketball, it's the one guy, you you lock yeah. down the one guy, or excuse me, the opposite, lock down the other four guys and let that, that one guy kind of, you know, get his points. Um, You know, I kind of I feel like with last week's games against Needham and Reading for BG, I saw both. Where Needham had a guy who kept Cameron in check until the last five minutes of the game. It just so happened, though, that the three goals he scored in those five minutes were maybe the three most important goals of the game. Right. Uh, And then against Reading, they did a little bit more of a kind of team defense uh, against him, and he torched them. Yeah. So, what do you? Which one is it? Do you? Do you?
1: You try well, to take him out. Do you out? have the guy that you feel can lock him down? Is the is the I first? I guess that's clutch. really the and big. And yeah, you, you don't know, have that guy. Um, you know, I, I'm very interested to see that. From from what I've seen in indoor and thing like that, I don't. It's no knock against Pinkerton. I don't think there's anyone in the state that does. So I mean, it's just if Pinkerton's able to do that, then that's that's great. The other thing is, it might be like you said, if they control the faceoff x, then you don't care if Brian Cameron scores every once in a while. If you're dominating time of possession and you're getting goals, then um, you know. Because that's I think BG's defense. While they've played some very good teams, I think that'll that'll be interesting to see how they're t- they're a little bit young and a little bit green, uh, on close defense. So that that'll be a, that'll be a good match up there. Um. The uh, the one guy on that
0: side that I was impressed with last week was uh, was Colin Casey, their goalie. He's, Absolutely. He was, um, and it, it, especially in that game against Needham. I mean, it, he, they don't win that come back and win that game. If without some of the saves that he made in that just first some half,
1: unreal kick saves yeah. and, and just uh, you know very athletic play on him. When he's on, I mean there are very few goalies, you know uh, Alex Burnley, um, you know Ethan Donlin, those guys. But yeah. Um, yeah, when he's on, he's one of the top goalies in the league. And and maybe what was the most
0: impressive was the clearing, was that they were able to get the ball out and get downfield. I know at times last year that
1: that was a a, a really Big trouble spot for them. I would imagine that BG is preparing for that this week. I mean, that was their bugaboo and the first time when they played Pinkerton. His Pinkerton had a very aggressive ride, caused some turnovers. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily would say it was a ten man ride, but it was, uh, it, it was a pretty aggressive ride that at times was a ten man ride. And and the pull, they just, I think they caught BG unprepared for it the first time around. And so, I, I, knowing Chris and and knowing John Salch, I, I think they'll have prepared for that this week and have a plan in place. You know, in case in case Pinkerton shows that again, and I think just another year of maturity from Colin and knowing knowing where the looks are going to be, in that you know they, they should be able to handle that pretty well. Um, I'm also you know on the on the flip side of that, you know, it's not like Pinkerton doesn't have any weapons. You know, with uh, Ryan Osier and Chad Tresky and Valentine and some of these guys, like it's it'll be fun to see what they can do on offense too. Um, and they've had some
0: um, some pretty good out of state games, you know, so yeah. far this year playing. Uh, Cohasset and uh, Bill Ricka, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're traditionally as as up, you know as far up the ranks as maybe Reading and and uh, BC High are, you know, but they're both two very good programs. Um, and I, I find I kind of got that that the you know from what I saw on the chatter on the the Massachusetts side of it that that Cohasset game was was a bit of an eye opener for some people. Yeah. You know, uh, they I, beat I, them by what eight or nine goals in that game.
1: Yeah, it was they they, they really they yeah, I think Pinkerton opened a lot of eyes that game. Um, you know, and, and if you look at their scores, defensively, they're not giving up a lot of goals. They are they are very uh, they've been very stingy so far. Um, you know, and it, it always depends too. You never know when teams sub in their sub in their um, second line guys and things like that. But um, I don't think Pinkerton I don't think Pinkerton falls off too much. I think when they're putting in their, their second and third line guys, they're um, they're able to lock it down.
0: Pretty well. Yeah, there so. I I saw them play Bill Ricca last year, and it was kind of like that, where it was a, it felt like the game was pretty much over, and then but they kept subbing in guys, and Bill Ricca would score, right. and they'd come back and score on them, and it just seemed to, yeah. just be a, a back and forth game. I and looking at their, you know, what they've done, yeah, they gave up ten to Cohasset, seven to Bill Ricca, and then what, another six combined against the I other that, four teams they've played. That's pretty
1: good. When you're keeping Bill Rick and, Co, I mean, Cohasset scored 10, but you, you gave up 19, again, you probably subbed in some guys. If you're keeping Cohasset and, and Bill Rick at a single digits, pretty much, that, that's a that's a job well done by the defense.
0: You know, looking at, um, you know, we talked about it going into the season, who we thought was going to be up there at the top, and it's kind of, you know, Bedford's up there, Sohegan's up there, Londonderry, yep. you know, aside from that loss the other day
1: um you know, has been up there. Uh Concord's also moved was up gonna there, say, I think. I I, you know. I kind of pegged Concord in the beginning of the season as, as potentially being very mm-hmm. good and I think they're they're proving me right right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we talked we already talked about Wyndham. I think Windham moves into that discussion as one of the better teams. Mm-hmm. Um you know um still still jury I think is still out. You know, is there a D three team out there? Is there a Kearsarge? Is there a hoppington Who who's sort of the cream of the crop in D three there? But that's kind of playing out the way people thought. Pelham's still very good. Um, yeah, Trinity started a little slower. I think people thought Trinity was going to be up there, but they've, they've started a little slow right now. And and uh, Laconia definitely is, um, you know, they got hit hard by graduation, but they're they're still playing well too. Yeah, they're,
0: you know, it almost feels like, um, you know, I think in years past in, in D3, you looked at, you know, there was very clear uh, top four, top eight, you know, I know only eight teams get in this year, but in years past, when there was, mm-hmm. it seemed like 30 teams in Division Three, uh, and you had a 16-team field. You know, maybe seven of those teams had a real shot. But right. this year, I, I mean, a- and we may have talked about this at the end of the year. There's going to be some some pretty good teams that don't end up getting in.
1: Yeah, with only and I mean, there's going to be some traditional powerhouses in D3 that that are not going to make going to make the playoffs this year.
0: Now, here here's a here's a thought now because we're you know looking at the standings yeah. here. Um, What about a team like Milford that maybe, you know, has struggled the two years it was up in Mm -hmm. in Division II? Um, You know, looking at their schedule, I don't think it's that, you know, uh, out of this world. Uh, I know they played Kearsarge already, which was a big, uh, you know, kind of a one-sided game game. but, you know, looking at the rest of it, I mean, yeah, they have some tough games on there. But is it possible that they could end up sneaking in there as one of
1: those top I teams? I think is is. I'm really happy for Coach Herda. Uh, he's done a great, you know, over the years he's stayed really positive with the kids. And I think it would be a wonderful thing for their program, for them to make the playoffs this year, make a little bit of noise, build some excitement in Milford. I mean, Milford always has had a strong town team. Their middle school team, uh, our Dairyfield middle school team has traditionally played Milford, and they've always been very good. But a lot of those kids don't stick around. So building some excitement in the in the high school there, and, and um, you know, it, it's never a bad thing to get kids excited and win and, and have some success. So hopefully that happens for them this year. You know, depending on how things go and and
0: what kind of breaks they get, I mean, looking at that schedule, there could be another four, maybe six wins on there oh, yeah. at least. Um, they're already at two and one. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, that could be, you know, depending on who, who else beats up on, e- you know, each other down there in the middle could of the Could be good enough for us yeah. anywhere
1: from a four to a six seed in there, you know. And so, yeah, there's a, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a great thing for Coach Erda. You know, you started to allude to it talking about,
0: you know, who fits in where, but uh, I wanted to bring up the coaches' poll. Um, yep. You know, haven't really talked about that the first couple of weeks, but now that I think that we're getting into the thick of things, uh, you kind of see what's going on. Uh, of course, BG and Pinkerton have, you know, been at the, the. Actually, BG Pinkerton and Bedford have been the top three teams uh, throughout this season so far. You know, this week you guys, uh, Field came in tied with London Derry for fourth. Um, Sohegan at sixth, Concord seven, Exeter. Uh, despite at the time what was a, a one and two record, um, still holding on at eighth.
1: And then I think Nova based on strength of schedule, that's what people are really looking at. Looking you know, they're at, recognizing yeah. that Exeter has played some some pretty good teams early on. Mm-hmm and actually they they haven't given up tremendous amount of goals in those games and um, you know and they they, they won the two games so that's on that poll they were one and two but so then now they they they're two, and, be, they're yeah, two yeah. and two yeah. so they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat and, and they're playing the other teams very competitively so you know i think based on the, out of respect for that that's that's why they're a, you know a sub five they were a sub 500 team still in your top 10 there and then you have dover and portsmouth rounding it mm-hmm. out
0: Hollisbrook line, Kearsarge, Hanover, Her- which we haven't talked about. They're 4-2 yep. in Division 1. Salem, which I think someone might have filled that out maybe uh, prematurely, and then Hopkington uh, rounding out the teams that also received. But it's not to take anything away from Salem, but I know they've got the two wins over the Nashua schools, but they've struggled against everyone else.
1: Right, and you know the team—it's clearly missing in there now that things have shaken out a little bit. As Wyndham. you know, I think you, based on on them knocking off Londonderry, um, yes, they lost to Hollis, but I mean, if you're going to put if you're going to put Hollis on the fringe there, um, I you know you can't. You, I, I think next week you're going to see Windham Windham's in that in that group, arguably in the
0: top ten. And we we kind of you and I talked about this. Um, I think the first week, and even before the season started, about the poll and how it might shape up, and and that it may be <laughs> the
1: same couple of teams in I there. I fielded so many calls from coaches. Can you believe I can't? Who who's voting on this thing? Can you believe that they're, they they left this team out? And it's like, I think a lot of coaches. You know, you're going on the best guess from what teams brought back from last year, what you had expected them to be, and now things shake out a little bit. Right? So so and so you're kind of. Kind of seeing what things wh- wh- where, where where teams belong.
0: So coaches reached out to you and asked you what was going on with this thing.
1: <laughs> I haven't heard anything. about no? this. no one has said anything
0: to me about. Oh, there's it. buzz. The, there's buzz going around. Of the yeah, the coaches that are, are voting in it. Um, no one has said
1: a word to me. Uh, so if you you know if you've got. Uh, it's not only on it, your no, site, it's but it's also on. It's also in the newspaper, isn't it? Hasn't it been in the newspaper? a few Not it, that I'm it?
0: aware of. No, I thought uh, someone showed, oh. said
1: they, they saw it show up in the union well, Leader. So maybe you're getting co- maybe that you're would, getting coverage that you don't even know. That would be so. nice. <laughs> I, I'll take that though. That would be that would be a good boost in in, in
0: uh, probably views and a little bit of confidence there too. Pat myself on the back for that one. Uh, um, but yeah, but we were. I think we were talking that this was gonna be. You know, we'd see the same maybe six seven division one teams what d2 and what d3 teams would get mixed in there um and you know uh, people may look at it and say well why even but why are you doing this you're just you know you're gonna piss people off you're gonna you know whatever but it's I think it's worth talking about it's it's kind it's of definitely an interesting worth talking conversation it, it, it's a
1: neat conversation that you know what if we had an open open state tournament you know what what teams would be able to make some noise and play you know what if we took the top sixteen teams in the state regardless of record and, and had an open tournament kind of like that you know what what teams would be able to make some noise and um you know and I think it's now that we get more of those crossover games, not only are d two teams playing d one teams but you've got D3 teams playing playing D2 teams. You know, Kearsar, You know, reason I, I'm looking at Kearsarge, they were able to go in and, and beat a very good, on a neutral site, they were able to beat a very good Merrimack Valley team that many people feel in the end. Merrimack Valley started a little slow, but a lot of people feel they're going to be one of the top teams in D2 come the end of the season, and Kearsarge goes and, and beats them. You know, they beat, they only beat them by a goal, but they still beat them, you know, and, and I think that shocked an awful lot of people. It opened my eyes to it. You know, there's been a little bit of that on the girls' side too. I know I, um,
0: over the weekend, BG played Wyndham and Pinkerton played Hanover, and, I, and even uh, Laconia comes up or comes down or up. Or they've traveled yep. to play Londonderry, uh, and and I think the last two years that's been a one-goal win yeah. for Londonderry against a D3 team. I mean, that's um, I don't think there's any boys teams that do that. But um, like you said, there are there are teams moving around and playing each other, and it just it it. Um, and this is probably a deeper conversation for another day, but I find it interesting that, that teams are so willing to
1: do that in lacrosse, and not in any other sport. It, it is a, it is a little strange. Why you wouldn't you know basketball? You would think would lend itself to that a little bit. Football, where it's even more physical, I could I could understand, I can understand some not teams doing it, no. not doing you know, you it. Not doing it there. I, I should amend that. Hockey
0: hockey does it a little bit too.
1: Hockey does that a little bit, but you, you would think you'd see it more in crossovers like soccer and basketball, where you know there it, it's more skill and speed and, and, I mean, yes, there is some physicality in both sports, but you would think you'd see a little more crossover in that in in basketball and soccer in New Hampshire.
0: I wonder how much of it is just, and this uh, this is going to probably sound bad, but is just people saying, well, this is the way we've always done it. You know, these are the teams that I always have to play. We're not going to change it.
1: Yeah, I mean there's there can't it, it depends on how, how uh invested the A D and coaches and, and looking at their schedule and so absolutely at the end of the day a lot of these guys are volunteer coaches, they're teachers and, and you know, this is their secondary job and sometimes it's just easier when you get a schedule, you get it handed to you and say, Oh, this is our schedule this year, these are the teams we're playing, right? And you know, it, it takes it takes a dedicated A D and coach to really look at that and say, Hey, what's best for our team? What do we want to do to move forward? And not taking anything away from these guys that are volunteering their time and that are teachers and other things it's just it takes work to kind of to create crossover schedules like that
0: any uh before we wrap up any final thoughts on anything or, or
1: uh about your games this weekend and next week or i'm just really excited for the week coming up uh we've got some great match matchups um you know i think it's gonna it's gonna give us a real chance to test our metal and see what we can do against some very good opponents that aren't gonna that aren't gonna back down from us that aren't gonna be scared to play us um, and I'm also just really excited about the rest of the season. You know, the way things are playing out, it seems that, you know, for the majority of the leagues, it's wide open, and anybody can beat anybody. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see how our, our power pole continues to fluctuate and be fluid throughout the next couple weeks. It's been a lot of fun so far.
0: Oh, all right. Yeah. Coach Hettler, uh thanks again for joining me. Uh, we're wrapping up uh, this week's edition of the Ninth State Sports Show, again, down here at Riverside Barbecue in Nashua. Uh, coming up this week, as I l- said earlier, have a uh, story on Goffstown's Peyton Bickford on Friday, and also Bishop Gerton's Olivia Kuzos. Uh We'll have a uh, no games actually covered this weekend as I'll be out of town, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, on the coverage end, I'll, I'll be glad to be out of town. <laughs> They'll get a little bit of a break here. But coming up next week, of course, be at the uh, Pinkerton BG game on Monday. Be taking in the Dairyfield Hollis Brookline game on Wednesday. And don't forget to check out next week's coaches Poll on Tuesday. Uh, for Chris Hetler again, I'm Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening.